we're back. Episode 64 of Just Dishing It. Joined as always by John Tudes Tudor and Derek. Nope. Got you, everybody. We're still with Walt. This is part two of our interview. I'm used to saying Derek, but he's uh he's running the board for us as usual. But uh Walt, appreciate you always taking the time for us. Excited to jump into the second part here, like we usually like to do it. And like I mentioned at the end of the previous episode, it's kind of become a seasonal thing for us here on Just Dishing It catch up with you and make sure we keep our prospects and our uh, free agency and uh, all our Corsi and whatever other number stuff together. You always are a big help with that. Um, so yeah, for this part two here, what we wanted to focus on, like I said, now that we already covered last week, the, you know, recapped this past 21, 22 season for the Sabres, as well as a bunch of their prospects, HL, NCAA, Europe, whatnot. Right. So where are we, at for this coming season, right? I guess maybe the best place to start would be free agency, I guess. Like, what are you expecting the Sabres to do? I know in last episode, we briefly touched on goaltending, but I wanted to save it more for this episode as far as what do you think is going to be the best move for the Sabres to figure out the net? Because, right, you got UPL, obvious history of injury problems, right? Like, what do you think is going to be the smartest course for the Sabres for the next couple years until we get this, you know, Levi Portillo thing figured out? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously the, I think the safest course of action for the Sabres would be dipping into the free agency market for a goaltender this season, even if it's just for a starting goalie and the plans to use like UPL as a backup, for example, but, I mean, I think if they do go in with uh, Craig Anderson, UPL duo, I mean, that's kind of just playing with fire. Because, uh, I mean, Craig Anderson's 41 years old. You pr- he's probably not a guy you could give, like, 50, 60 NHL games. I mean, as we've seen last year, I mean, he's obviously missed some time with injury. And, I mean, UPL, too, I mean, he suffered a multitude of injuries last year. Also not really a guy you can rely on staying healthy the whole year. And he's also not really a guy that – you really know what he is in the NHL. I mean, he's had some great games. He's had some bad games, but there just hasn't been that many of them. So, I mean, with an up-and-coming team like this Sabres group, I really don't think you'd want to be playing around with goaltending and having like a UPL-Anderson duo. So, I mean, I think you got to go free agency. I mean, there's still some decisions to be made by teams to see like which guys will be available, but I do think – a player like Jack Campbell in Toronto uh, could be available. I mean, he had some bumps last year, but he also had some periods of great play. Uh, Billy Huso, too. I mean, he was one of the best regular season goalies in the NHL last year. I mean, he was just all right in the playoffs, could have been better, but he had a great regular season. I mean, took that starting job from Jordan Bennington at one point. And, I mean, he's a guy that St. Louis – may as well let walk. I mean, really just with all the money that they're paying Jordan Bennington down there. And I mean, Bennington had a great playoff. So it looks like the plan is to move forward Bennington. So I think Huso Campbell, those are two guys I would keep an eye on for the Sabres. And I think either one of those guys could fill in that starting uh, goalie role and like put it, put together like a 50, 60 game season, which is something the Sabres desperately need. What are your thoughts about trading for a starter? Do you think I that's think, something worth it, worthwhile? 
I think it depends on the goalie. I mean, you look at a guy like Connor Hellebuck in uh, Winnipeg. You read my mind. You read yeah. my mind. He, I love him. I think yeah. he's awesome. I mean, he's one of the best goalies in the NHL every season. I mean, I'd argue that he's consistently probably the best goalie in the NHL. I mean, if you don't really consider playoff success. I mean, but he's just been such a great piece for Winnipeg. I mean, Winnipeg hasn't put the best team in front of him, but he always makes sure to give Winnipeg a chance to win games. And if Winnipeg decides to blow things up and he becomes available, he's probably the one goalie I'd consider giving up a ton of pieces for. I know another name that's been bounced around is John Gibson. He was he was kind of like Connor Hellebuck before like the last two, three seasons. I mean, after the last two, three seasons he's had down in Anaheim, you really kind of question like, all right, when is this guy going to become the goalie he used to be? Because, uh, I mean, obviously Anaheim's not the same team, but, I mean, he's been playing like at the same level as like a guy like Anthony Stolarz in Anaheim for like the past few years. And that's kind of concerning when you have a guy like John Gibson with the amount of money he's being paid with the amount of term he has left with the amount of probably cost to trade for him. So he's a guy that I'm, I'd be really hesitant to kind of trade a piece for him, but a guy like Connor Hellebuck, I mean, I think you may be able to convince me to trade for him. What do you yeah, think the I, price tag would be on a guy like Hellebuck? Probably like I feel like the Sabres uh, ninth overall pick probably definitely have to be involved. And hmm. then, I mean, probably a pros- prospect or two, maybe a roster player uh, to uh, – I don't know what their cap situation looks like. But, I mean, yeah, I think that ninth overall definitely have to be involved. I mean, kind of like that uh, Corey Schneider trade back in – want to say it was a 2013 draft. I think they may have just traded like ninth overall straight up, which ended up being Bo Horvat for uh, Corey Schneider. And that trade looked really good for the first two, three seasons. I mean, obviously it fell <laughs> apart towards the end of his time there. But yeah, I think if if they trade for Hellebuck, I think it would be, it would be a lot. Yeah, because that was one of the main reasons I brought it up just because of all the, the assets that we have, where especially you're looking at something like, the first round picks, right? Because we have three in this draft. So it was just an idea. I know they, they're, I don't think it's going to happen, right? But it's, it's something to th- at least think about, I would imagine, because it's, you have the pieces, the teams that have the goalies like that might want. But also, yeah. with what we were talking about last episode with the, the issue with Levi and Portillo, where it's like, they're both NCAA guys. Technically, they can both walk, and you're kind of just sitting there, you know, twiddling your thumbs and not really knowing what to do. Where if you do something like this, you could be just kind of circumventing that problem altogether in a way to where, yeah, you use the draft picks on those two guys, right? Or you gave up pieces to get them, but it's not like you're sitting there in the problem we are right now, an injury-prone UPL with a 41-year-old Craig Anderson or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think also, I mean, the situation too, trading for a guy with a longer term contract is maybe a guy like Devin Levi that still has flexibility to test free agency. Maybe he'd be like, all right, I don't really want to sit behind these guys. I'm going to go to uh, Montreal, for example. Because, I mean, Montreal, Devin Levi is probably the team that scares me. I mean, not to go back to prospects, but 
he's from That's Montreal. A, Grew yeah. up a Carey Price fan. He would get the chance to uh, be a tandem with Carey Price. I mean that that would be the biggest thing that would scare me. But uh, if I think if you just go the free agency route though, goaltending, you're probably only looking at like a two three year term. Uh, you get kind of like the bidding power with really all the cap space they have to spend just to get to the floor next year. So, I mean, you could give a guy like Campbell, like I think it was rumored that the lease are offering like two years, 2.75 million. The Sabres could just be like, all right, we'll give you two years, like four, 4 million per or something. Right. Really just outbid. I mean, really just to hit that cap floor. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be the most likely scenario, but again, Given all those assets we have in the first round, especially trading for an established guy is something I definitely wanted to ask about just out of curiosity. But uh, Tuz, did you have anything else on that? Yeah, I mean, I would think I, I had something on the goaltending piece and then a little bit thinking ahead to uh, the forward situation. But as far as the goaltending piece, too, I would think, like you're saying, well, likely would be more of a free agent move. But if they did decide to make a trade, whether it was a Hellebuck or whether it was someone else, does that tell you that Kevin Adams in that front office thinks that they're a playoff team now rather than later with the guys they have? Because you're not going to move pieces and make a trade for a goaltender unless you think you can make a run, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it would definitely kind of signal what their plan is. I mean, really just to shoot for a playoff spot. I mean, that's also interesting too just in terms of like the cap space they have like i wonder what they would do in terms of that if they make a big trade for a goalie like i mean maybe they look to be big spenders in free agency as well i mean it's going to be interesting what adams does i mean he's a little hard to read but i mean from what it sounds like it sounds like he's kind of more into like sitting back and letting things develop but i mean at the same time he's he could just be a guy that's just saying that just to say that but right yeah i mean if they trade for a goalie, I mean, that's kind of when things start to get real and, I mean, more pieces start moving around. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. It's going to be it's going to be cool to see how it plays out. But I do – I Adam strikes me as the type, like you just said, Walt, that I think he's patient. He's going to sit back and let things play out. But also in a situation where it's like you hear something maybe as a GM and someone becomes available and you're like, oh, we got to explore this now. Like it, he seems like that kind of type where if it's the right piece or the right player, he was not going to really hesitate too much. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I could definitely see that. We'll see where that goes. So as far as um, other pieces in free agency, because obviously they're going to have to do some stuff right to, to supplement what they do in the draft. And I guess we kind of went backwards because again, the hockey Hockey draft's tough, right? Because most of the time, the pieces you draft aren't coming in right away like other sports, right? That's like one of the biggest differences. But what else do you see aside from goaltending that they should address in free agency, whether that's to get to the cap floor or that you think just makes the team better and addresses certain needs? I mean, I think one thing I, they're definitely going to try to do as well as goaltending is try to get like a veteran right-handed defenseman. Because, I mean, obviously that defense room right now is pretty young. I mean, you got guys like Yoki Haru, uh, Darlene Power, and Samuelson. I mean, really none of those guys are over, like, 24 years old. So I think they're definitely going to try to add, like, a veteran presence on the right-hand side. I mean, maybe they look at a guy like P.K. Subban in free agency. 
uh, because uh, Malcolm Subban, he's a player who I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back kind of as like a third string goalie to go back and forth between the AHL and the NHL. So I could definitely see like PK Subban as an option in Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo is not too far from his hometown of Toronto either. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's one move I could possibly see. I mean, the other piece that's kind of interesting too is a veteran right-hand defenseman that could help them hit the cap floor. This one would be via trade is uh, Eric Johnson in Colorado. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has like a full no move clause. So if he is moved, it would be kind of on his own accord. But I mean, the avalanche, especially if they go on a run and win the Stanley cup, they're going to be really fighting that salary cap this off season with those forwards that they're going to have to sign. So maybe if they say, for example, they win the cup, Eric Johnson gets his cup and he's like, all right, I'll, let you guys trade me to Buffalo. I mean, I can't really see a scenario where he would do that, but if, if he did, uh, it's a scenario where they get that veteran right-hand defenseman that's still pretty decent, and he has a big cap hit. Is there anything other than um, what you just mentioned? Is there any just straight-up free agents that interest you that you think would be something Adams might pull the trigger on or that you would think would be a smart move that you wouldn't have to trade for? I think really with right-hand defensemen, I mean, that free agent class this summer is pretty awful. I mean, honestly, Colin Miller may be the biggest name in that group. So, I mean, I well, you think, got like Klingberg and Manson, I think, don't yeah. you? Yeah. That's yeah. I think the two best Tyler yeah. Myers, maybe I would say, I think I would be another one. I can't I think, remember. Or does he yeah, have one more year? Yeah, he's still under contract. But, I mean, in terms of trading for a guy to hit the cap floor, I could see the Sabres kind of making a move where they get one of Vancouver's uh, wingers, like a Garland or maybe even a Brock Besser. And oh, give me Brock Besser. Yeah, they kind of use, like, the Myers uh, cap hit as kind of a toss-in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's a situation I could see. I mean, he's another guy where, I mean, obviously he has experience in Buffalo. He's not that good, but, I mean, they're trying to get the cap floor. I mean, he's not he's not awful, but, <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to see him back in Buffalo, I guess. And he costs a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. it would be interesting. But, yeah, it, it's tough to know where to go with that. And, again, I found just talking with friends, I found myself often saying, like, maybe it's just bring Colin Miller back because obviously a consistent NHL player, like, knows how to be a pro in the NHL. He's been on some good teams, like maybe by default with the um, Vegas when he, you know, went there and everything because he was Boston before that, wasn't he? Was yeah. it Boston? Yeah, yeah I mean – Boston. So he's played on good teams. He's been a part of good organizations, right? So, and he's been, it's not, he's a familiar face in the room. Just the guy couldn't stay healthy last year. I mean, just brutal with the injuries. So you didn't have him around as much as you'd like around the young guys. So I I think, you know, that could be the best option, I think, where you could get him to stay too, because you can pay him a little more, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's a guy that, yeah, I could definitely see in that scenario. I mean, in terms of, like, the bigger names, I mean, Chris Letang, I mean, it's still a question whether he'd even hit free agency. And <laughs> Sorry, Penguins thing. fans a little upset at this one. <laughs> Forgive yeah. them all. <laughs> I mean, I, I even if he does hit free agency, I can't see a deal in Buffalo making much sense for him. No. Walt, that would be my nightmare. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because Pittsburgh is going to be interesting to see what they do. But I mean, I do think they still, I think they could still get, I mean, Crosby's still one of the best players in the league. I think they could still get something out of that group. I mean, obviously yeah. game sevens, a lot of times they're just coin flips. And I think yeah. they would have gotten past the Rangers. I mean, they could very well be in the Rangers spot right now and being in the Eastern Conference Finals against uh, the Lightning. So Latang's yeah. still someone that I know I've seen Sabres fans be like, oh, let's just go get Latang to play with power or John Klingberg to play with power. But at the same time, I think Owen Power is kind of a guy where you don't want someone on the ice that would take the puck off his stick. I mean, I think yeah. that's just how good. Owen Power is going to be, and I don't think the best way to develop him would be with a possession-heavy kind of like right-handed defenseman. I think you're kind of just looking for a guy that would kind of just be like a complementary piece to power, which, I mean, really doesn't have to be all that much. I feel like you almost want a guy kind of like what Dumoulin is for Latang. Like, just let him let him sit back, let him stay at home, be that rock-solid guy. Like, you can't – Yeah. You know, you you can't have two two puck dominant uh, guys on the ice at the same time. It doesn't really work, right? Could that just be Mark yeah. Fizik too? I mean, it are we overthinking this? Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty good start to the year. I mean, the only thing I wonder with Pizik is he kind of seems like he lost like the coaching staff's trust to uh, end the season. I mean, they scratched him a lot. So, but he was like a great locker room guy. I mean, I know. Everybody in the locker room seemed to love him. So he's a guy that I can maybe see us bring back kind of just to fill out the seven defensemen they have. But, yeah, I mean, I think he could be a choice there. So, it's you know, for the remaining free agency stuff here, put on your GM hat wall. You're Kevin Adams right now. Three pieces, if you had your pick of the litter, in free agency off the top of your head. If you're Kevin Adams, who are you going for? Who are you throwing a little more money at to try to get in here so we can kind of keep this ship heading in the right direction? I mean, one guy whose name just came up today with Elliot Friedman because apparently the Blackhawks aren't planning on qualifying him is uh, Dylan Strom. I mean, if he hits the unrestricted free agent market, I think he's a player that, I mean, he's got great analytics I mean, really hasn't been able to do too much in terms of like box score stats, but I mean, that's kind of because Chicago's a bit of a disaster the past few years. And I mean, in Arizona, he was never really given much of a real opportunity there because they were always rebuilding. So, I mean, a guy like Dylan Strom that plays a center position, something that the Sabres have a decent amount of prospects in with like Cousins and Krebs, but I mean, at the same time, it wouldn't be the end of the world if you got to move one of those guys to wing, which I think Krebs will eventually be a winger. So if you can get a guy like Dylan Strom to play like a middle six center spot, I think that would be a huge addition to the Sabres group. And I mean, he's not that old either at 25 years old, so yeah. you could still keep him around for a while. And uh, I mean, really it's just worth a shot. I mean, I don't think he'll be getting too much money in free agency and the Sabres could finally like know what it feels like if they would have, uh, beat Arizona in that game to end the year in uh, 2015. <laughs> I mean, just like seven years later, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Holy shit, I forgot about that. So, yeah, Dylan Strom, 
Interesting. Wasn't expecting that. Any other ones like that where you're thinking like this would be a, a, a slam dunk no brainer for me if I was Kevin Adams? Anything that comes to mind? I think, I mean, I'm really big on uh, Billy Huso. I think he's, I mean, really just with the season he had, his first chance at being an NHL starter, I thought he was pretty remarkable. I mean, the playoffs, he could have been better, but I mean, he wasn't awful. And I think he's a player who you could probably get on a short-term deal. I think you could really utilize your cap space with him. And I think he's a guy that's really just kind of like a ceiling raiser to the Sabres next season. Cause I mean, he was one of the best goalies in the NHL regular season last year. If you add that to this Sabres team and they play like they did to end the year, I think he's a guy who could really like push the Sabres closer to a playoff spot. And uh, it's, I mean, there's really not many guys available that I'd be willing to bet on in this goalie market. I mean, I'm a huge Jack Campbell guy, so I'm like pretty biased when it comes to him, <laughs> but at the same time, he's just really inconsistent at times. And he's a guy who may not be able to put together like the results that you're looking for. So I think there's like a bit of risk with him. And then like Mark Andre Fleury, that guy, he either like wins a Vesna or he's like the worst goal in the NHL. So I don't know <laughs> if you want to make that bet either if you're the Sabres. So I think Billy Huso is kind of the safest bet there. Uh, dudes, any words on that? I know he uh, just took a chop at your boy, so I no. I mean, I mean, I love I love Flower, and I I have always. But that's you know he's he's right. It's especially toward the back half of his career too. Here, it's that's that's a guy that you he could go out there and he could look like the best goalie in the world, or he could go out there and get lit up for four in the first period. You just don't know what you're getting when the puck drops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, Campbell was the other one that I found interesting, and I like the idea of it because I wonder what it'd be like for a goaltender with the career of Jack Campbell, with like how he got to the league, like not because I don't remember him being exactly a highly touted player or a prospect. He was just another, just another guy in a lot of ways. But you end up being a starter for Toronto, like that's tough with that freaking. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I almost wonder what it'd be like here, you know, a place like Buffalo where, you know, think what you want about the local media around here, right? But it's not Toronto. Yeah. I mean, once you're in Toronto, I mean, you're pretty much like a celebrity. I mean, Jack Campbell, I get he was like known as a prospect and then he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth for like most hockey fans for probably like eight or so years. And then once he went to that Toronto market, like everybody knows who Jack Campbell is. I mean, the fans chanting like soup in the playoff games, like yeah. all that stuff. I mean, really, there's really no other place where goalies that play well are as celebrated as they are in Toronto. I mean, like maybe like Montreal, for example. But I mean, those are really like the only two markets. I mean, you even have to be good and they'll love you in Toronto. I mean, like Felix Potvin, he never <laughs> had, he didn't have too many great seasons. But I mean, you think that guy was like Dominic Hashik, like the way Leafs fans like uh, talk about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the damn least they just always find a way to come up right but yeah no yeah. i think that was when you said jack campbell that was something that i thought about where it's like i wonder what that could do for the psyche of a player like that in a position like that to get away from toronto so yeah, yeah. keeping an eye on huso keeping an eye on uh jackie campbell maybe another big uh 
big guy with the last name Campbell with a career resurgence in Buffalo. Another soupy. Yeah. I don't know how the fans would react to that. I don't know how I'd react to that. I wear number 51 yeah. because of Brian Campbell. It's a little yeah, strange. We, they'd have to put that uh, Campbell soup uh, can back up in the 300 level. Yeah, get that back <laughs> up there. That'd be fun. Um, they'll have to bring back the Justician stickers once upon a time. Yeah. Soupy stickers. Um, <laughs> so I want to transition a little bit. Uh, Toots, anything else on free agency that you wanted to go over before we switch over to this coming draft? I guess the only thing for me, it's it's free agency and current roster. Because I know on our last our last show last week, you were talking about how maybe 10 of those 12 forward spots could be taken up. Obviously we don't know who's, you know, who's coming in or, or not in free agency, but how much are roles do you think going to play a factor in, you know, a guy like Paterka or Quinn getting called up, right? Cause if there's only a couple slots left and they need a, a third, fourth line guy, or, you know, they've already got a guy like Olafson up there. Do you think that, those guys will get held back, not because they aren't better than some guys on the team, but because they aren't going to fit the mold of a, a third or fourth line guy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely going to be interesting because I have like a hard time imagining like a player like Jack Quinn on like a fourth line role, really just because he's not really that type of player and he wouldn't really have anybody that could even like feed him the puck in areas he could shoot from. So, I mean, that's like a situation where I think, if guys struggle, they may be more inclined to just send them to Rochester rather than let them kind of wither away in like that bottom six role. I mean, we saw last year they uh, threw Peyton Krebs down on the fourth line with like Oposo and Gergensons, but Krebs honestly plays with a bit of edge. So he's a guy that you can maybe kind of expect in a fourth line role. But I mean, Jack Quinn's kind of more of just like a pure finesse guy. And I mean, with all the pieces they have in that top six, I mean, Obviously, you got Tuck at wing, you got Skinner, you have Olufsen. That's already like three of the top four wing spots taken up. I mean, it really just be a battle for that fourth wing spot. And, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, if, if Quinn doesn't get that, I mean, if he struggles, I mean, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him spend more time down in the AHL. I mean, and that's not even considering the fact that the Sabres may still look to sign a forward and free agency. I mean, maybe even a top six guy. I mean, really in terms of uh, free agent forwards, I think the two Colorado guys, you got, uh, I mean, three, honestly, with Kadri, but I can't see him coming to Buffalo. But you have uh, Burakovsky and Valerie uh, Nachushkin. They're both free agents. Uh, I imagine both of them will probably still sign in Colorado. But if one of them leaves, I think the Sabres have the money to maybe even make a move for those guys. And, even a guy I want to bring up again with uh, is uh, Johan Larson. He's also a free agent. Oh, don't do it. Former saver. So, I mean, maybe they bring him back for like a bottom six role and reunite like the Gergensons, uh, Larson, Oposo line. God. And it's nothing against Larson. He does great <laughs> things for playoff teams. He really does. It's just he reminds me of such a bad time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I love me some angry Larry. Don't get me wrong, right? But Jesus. But hey, we're going forward, right? We're stepping up. Yeah. It's not the same. I got to tell myself that. <laughs> that name just like gives me the willies. Yeah. <laughs> Freaks you out a little bit. But no, I, I could see there being a lot of value 
And it's just one that you caught me off guard. I didn't even think about him. Didn't really consider it much. But I could see that making a lot of sense. I really could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he's pretty much like Cody Eakin, but he's good at hockey and does like the <laughs> same stuff that they think Eakin's good at. <laughs> oh, I love that jab in there. Uh, now, if, now if he replaces Eakin, does he have to go tin advisor mullet, or can he look like an actual NHL player and not a creative player for uh, EASHL video games? I, I think I think he'd have to go mullet. I think I think he could pull that look off. <laughs> I think he could, <laughs> especially when he gets that angry Larry celebration going. When he, you know, he eventually he's going to pop in about ten Genos, so it gets that <laughs> that'll just look way better with a mullet. I think I'm yeah. all about it. <laughs> Oh, man, that was hilarious. Um, all right, so there you have it uh, with the free agency. I think, um, you know, transition to the draft a little bit because I got to be honest, I don't know anything about this one. I know a few names, um, but I know it's an exciting class just from everything that I kind of see keeping up with things on Twitter or just, you know, conversations I've had. You have, obviously, the top with, you know, Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, but uh, give us kind of your synopsis on what you see. I mean, who could slip to the Sabres at nine? Could Is there a scenario we trade up where we use a pick to, to swap with somebody? That doesn't happen too often in the NHL, I don't think. But give us what you're thinking, what, you know, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what your gut's telling you as far as what this draft is going to look like. I mean, I think it's – it's definitely going to be an interesting draft, especially where the Sabres are picking, because I think there's going to be some guys available at ninth overall that would personally, I'd be fine with taking like third or fourth overall in this draft. I really? think those two guys are uh, Frank Nazar on the U.S. National Team Development Program. I mean, honestly, he kind of just gives me like Braden Point vibes. I mean, yes. he's just such a good player. I mean, it's hard to believe that like a lot of draft boards have him outside the top 10. I mean, I think he's someone that could definitely be available. I mean, he probably will be available at the Sabres pick at nine. Cause he is the guy that uh, for the draft this past year, if we didn't get number one, where I was like really hoping for Maddie Beneers. And I was even at points where I was like, do we need another defenseman? Like, should we go with power? And then I actually started watching him and I would, shut my stupid mouth about it <laughs> and uh now i'm owen powers number one fan but um nazar's been that guy where it's like i don't understand the knocks on him really just from what i've seen and it's a small sample size right same similar thing with veneers but it's just like i watch him play and it's just like how could you not want that guy yeah. I mean, every time I hear like scouts quotes on him in the NHL, they're always like, oh, yeah, I'd be afraid to take him in the top 10. I might take him like the middle of the first. I'm always like, are we what? watching like the same player? I mean, it seems like these scouts make the same mistakes over and over again with, I mean, really guys in like that Braden Point. I mean, Braden Point didn't go to the third round, but I mean, Frank Nazar, I feel like if he drops out of the top 10, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, really just with the bet you're making with him. I mean, the fact that he plays center too, I mean, he could just be such a good player. And uh, it's kind of just insane to me that he's will most likely be available at the, at the Sabres pick. I mean, I think he's kind of a no brainer to take there. Is there a scenario that a guy like Logan Cooley falls past number three 
let's say, or is he gone in the top five for sure? I think, I, I think Cooley, I think he seems like a guy that will probably end up going in the top five just because really just when you watch him play, I feel like he has like kind of like that it factor that all like NHL GMs look for. And he's got that size. I mean, he's really just good at everything. I mean, I honestly think he'll probably be like an Arizona coyote at number three. I mean, that's something I could definitely foresee. Uh, I mean, they need centers there too. I mean, he's a center. So I, yeah, I think, I think Cooley is going to be a guy that goes pretty high and it looks like uh, Slavkovsky too. He seems to be like kind of like the hot new name to go number two. I mean, I know on Twitter there's been some Montreal fans that are like, oh, we should take him number one. But I don't think he'll go number one, but it's he's looking like he's going to be the front runner to go two. And who is this guy? Is he a forward? I yeah, he's like he's a six five winger from Slovakia. Oh boy. And I mean, yeah, That's he's a big boy. Yeah, he's just like a goal scorer. Uh I mean, really just potential power forward uh seven goals and seven games at the olympics so mm. he's starting to get like the hype train all right fair enough because yeah, montreal i could see why some fans would want that based on what they have on that team now I can yeah kind of see that. yeah because i mean the big thing with shane wright is like he didn't have kind of the draft year you'd expect him to have. I mean, he didn't play at all last year as an OHLer, but he played like the year before and put up like historic numbers. So I think people are kind of expecting like borderline McDavid, Tavares, like draft year numbers in the OHL this year. And the fact that he still had pretty good numbers, but didn't put up those type of numbers, I think have some people thinking that, oh, wow, maybe he's not the top guy available, but really just everything with this game with, the way he thinks the game. I mean, it's almost like Bergeron, like just kind of like the maturity he has out there playing the center position. I mean, I think he's probably a no brainer to go. Number one, he may not be like a franchise altering number one, like McDavid or Matthews, but I think he's in that tier right below those guys. Yeah. That's why those, that's another reason McDavid's and your Matthews are so special though, is because even that high in the draft it's rare you get that much of a game changer to your franchise yeah. so it's like you, you but if you're still you're trying to build out your top six basically right and i think it's pretty realistic shane wright can definitely be that in the nhl with the way yeah. he thinks the game just from what i've seen yeah i mean especially with like er have nick suzuki too but he's still kind of questionable if he could be a number one but if you had both those guys down the middle i think you have a pretty decent setup going forward. Yeah, definitely. So I guess starting at nine, just like for the Sabres, I mean, just everything that you've seen so far, I know a lot's probably going to change once the, the cup is decided, right? And things things get start to get flowing in that regard with the, you know, that kind of the season is officially ending, right? Because what is the league season technically ends the end of June, is it? Or how do they do that? I don't I even believe, know. I, I think believe, it's yeah, the last day of June. So. Okay, so the, I'm yeah. all screwed up because of COVID. Because I, I don't know. But anyways, so that gets decided, right? But as of right now, just what do you think? Is Obviously, we think Nazar is going to fall and be there for the Sabres. Is there any other names you see them there taking at nine, even with someone like him available? And what would you see for the other two picks in the first round? Yeah, I mean, I think at number nine, 
I mean, it's kind of hard to tell like how this new Sabres team drafts because, I mean, I guess we got a bit of a sneak peek with the Rosine pick, but I mean, Owen Power was a consensus guy, but I mean, they're really looking for skill. I think Brad Lambert, I think he's, I mean, he is the most technically skilled player in this draft. I mean, he probably won't even go top 10 because his production was awful and there's still like some major question marks around like his overall game, like how he kind of plays with his teammates, but I mean, I think he could definitely make the case that he's the best skater in this draft. He's the best transition player. His shot still needs work, but really just watching him play, I mean, he just looks like an elite talent, and I do think he's a guy that probably will be available at nine. And if the Sabres are looking for guys to raise the ceiling in this current forward group, which I think they should be doing, I think he's definitely a guy that they'll heavily consider in that spot. Uh, I mean, there are some other names I mean, Cutter Gauthier, he's kind of a name that's been popping up towards the end of the year. He had a crazy uh, goal-scoring year on the national team development program. Elite and, I mean, name, too. Yeah. He's a great name, great hockey name, too. Really just an all-around hockey player, too. I mean, he does it all. Really added a lot more elements to his game this year. So I think he's a guy that's going to go a lot higher than expected. And if the Sabres kind of make a off-the-board pick at – Number nine, I mean, that's not really off the board, but he's a late-season riser, and he's a guy who I could maybe even see them considering, even though they have a bunch of wingers that can score goals. But, I mean, who knows? All right. So what do you think? Because our other picks are 16 and third, or, or don't we know yet? It's going to be like the high 20s? Uh, Yeah, I think 16. And I think the Florida picks are already confirmed at 28 since they – uh well, yeah, before out, so. the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah, I mean 16. I mean, like Philip Philip Mesar out of Slovakia, he's a player I've always had interest in. I mean, I think he's kind of just like a fun, skilled player. There's some concerns that he's a bit too like perimeter focused, but he has some interesting talents that he brings to the table. And really, I mean, there's a bunch of guys out of Sweden on that uh Your Gardens team. I mean, you got Jonathan LeCaramacki, he's also looking like an elite goal scorer, kind of like an Alexander Holtz. And he's another name that, honestly, I think he could go upwards to number nine. I don't know if he'll fall to 16, but he could. I mean, even a guy like Frank Nazar, I think, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, I think he could even fall to 16, which would be pretty crazy. But, I mean, if the Sabres could get another guy at nine and get Nazar at 16, that would be – a pretty decent size haul, but I mean, you got uh, Ogren, Oslin, I mean, just a bunch of Swedish forwards that I think will definitely be in contention for the Sabres spot at 16. And then at 32, I mean, I think you could start kind of looking towards like right-handed defensemen. I think there's going to be a few that I like that will be available there. I've always been a big fan of uh, Seamus Casey, uh, He's a right-handed defenseman, also on the national team development program. I think he's just a really fun uh, player. A bit inconsistent at times, but he's still on the younger end for this draft class, so I think there's still room for him to develop. But just watching some of the moves he does on the ice sometimes, it's pretty remarkable, and I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. And at 32, I mean, if he's still there, I'd be perfectly fine with taking him there. Another guy, too, with a high ceiling, also in the USHL's uh, Sam Rinzel. He's a bigger defenseman with a, just a ton of skill. 
a ton of stuff that's projectable the NHL level. Uh, played for the Waterloo Blackhawks. Really just a guy that may honestly be gone by 32 because he seems like a guy that's really starting to get on a lot of teams' radars heading into this draft year. So, But if he's there at 32, I mean, he'd be a name I'd be looking at. It's just another thing I wanted to ask you too is we're we're coming somewhat to, you know kind of to the end of this here. How the hell do you stay so updated on all these guys? Because about ninety percent of them never heard of them. I'm nodding my head over here like, <laughs> "Yep, sounds good. Let's pick them. I don't care." Walt gives them the thumbs up. I'm good with it. How do you stay in touch with all of this? Really, I mean, it's kind of just like really just a year long process. I mean as the season goes on, you kind of add like new names to your list as like for players to watch. But at the same time, you also have names in mind for like the 2023 and like 2024 draft classes. So, I mean, once you're kind of in this cycle, it's kind of like almost <laughs> endless until you like step outside of it. Cause you're always like, Oh, I got to keep an eye on this guy for like 2024, 2025. And then, I mean, I guess it's just kind of just a cycle like that. Once I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Yeah, I don't know much. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. But uh, it's amazing, man. The, the just the the net you cast with keeping an eye on, and it's like you got it. You got your hands in all of them, right? Where it's like NCAA, Sweden, Russia. You like you're you're everywhere. U.S. national yeah. team. Like you you got it all, man. It's it's so impressive talking to you. Where I'm always like. I wonder if this is the time when I ask him, even though it's a pretty basic question, I wonder if this is the one where he's going to just say, I don't know. And you, <laughs> you've yet to do it. So I, I, I remain very impressed. I know, too, it's, I, I speak for both of us on that. But just something I wanted to see if I could get any of the secrets of the trade out of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I try, I try to do a little bit of everything, try to keep up to date a little bit of everything. I mean, that's what happens when you spend all your free time just like looking up like hockey stats and watching hockey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tudes, what do you got here? I feel like I've been talking for quite a while. I don't think I had anything else. I'm just, I, I like you, Benny. I'm in awe of all the knowledge here. Always appreciate the insight, Walt, because I, I have no idea beyond like the consensus top two or three, every single draft class. So it's always cool hearing the insight and, you know, it gives us the little things to look forward to going into the next draft and kind of seeing where, where guys fall. And, you know, hopefully the Sabres have a good draft class coming up and, you know, this will be a fun team moving forward. Yeah, man. Couldn't agree more. One thing before we get out of here, Walt, I want to know, if, you know, from you, what you're seeing, all this, this, like I said, this breadth of knowledge that you have with, you know, prospects, the Sabres, right? What is your realistic expectation for this team in 22-23? And two-part question, that, and I guess it kind of folds into one question, will we be able to say that Derek's prediction was accurate? Not just so much with the Leafs, but that they win a playoff series or get into the playoffs is more what I'm interested in, in as far as specifically Derek bringing up that point. Is the playoffs a realistic expectation for this team this coming season? I think, I mean, the main issue I have with like kind of projecting them in a playoff spot right now is just because that division is probably like one of the toughest divisions we've ever seen in NHL history, like Florida, Tampa, Toronto, and Boston, like pretty much already claiming three spots in one of the wild card spots. 
So, I mean, I think really my hope of the Sabres, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, it was kind of just being like Detroit, but like the Detroit before they got bad. I mean, kind of just like that Detroit team that started off this season. Because, uh, I mean, if they would have played that way the whole year, they would have been right in the right in the thick of things for a playoff spot, which the Eastern Conference this year, I mean, we kind of just saw just a huge drop-off between the playoff teams and non-playoff teams. Like, it was like all the playoff spots were, like, clinched by, like, like eight games left or something. So mm-hmm. if the Sabres can kind of become that team that's kind of still fighting for it in April – which I think is possible. I mean, there's still so many moving pieces, but I think really the biggest thing, I think one of the biggest ceiling raisers for next year will be Dylan Cousins. I mean, we saw what he did in the world championships, like 13 points in 10 games, played on their top line, played a pretty big role. If he could finally like take that next step in his game, and instead of being like that 30, 40 point center, if he could become like a legitimate, like 67, 70 point second line center and really just add a whole new dimension to the Sabres team, and like Owen Power can stay Owen Power and just have like an incredible season like he did in those last eight games. I do think there's potential to push for a playoff spot. I mean, if I had to bet on it, I bet that they wouldn't make it to the playoffs, but. In terms of that Leafs bet, I mean, I think they could definitely get in a playoff spot in 2023-2024. I mean, who knows what nonsense the Leafs will try to do to shake things up this offseason. I mean, maybe they trade like Nylander for John Gibson or like something crazy like that. So uh, if, if the Leafs try to shake things up, I mean, the Sabres keep on their trajectory. I mean, I can maybe see the Sabres winning a series before the Leafs is crazy as it may be. I mean, I think there's definitely, <laughs> hear, I think, I don't think it will have <laughs> Sabres Leafs playoff matchup. Sabres win in seven in Toronto. God, that would be, that would be wild. You won't see me for four days. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah, do, it's downtown at a bar, probably in the union pub. I'm going to have a sleeping bag in there. <laughs> some grease joint, just living it up with some counties. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that would be one way for, I mean, that bet would ultimately be decided just off that series pretty much. So that That would be awesome. That would be incredible. Well, we appreciate it as always. It's always such a blast. I always feel like a smarter hockey guy as far as prospects, analytics, and everything each and every time we talk to you. We appreciate your time so much. Thank you again for uh, doing the two-parters with us. I feel like we just have to do it. There's so much we have to go over with you each time we talk. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be back, and go Savers. Go Savers, baby. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week for a brand-new episode. Enjoy the good weather. We'll see you. Peace.